SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. What's happening, it's SV Pod? Colin Morikawa, fresh off a win in the World Golf Championships Workday Championship down in Florida. Our guest, a lot of interesting things to talk about. The, the event was tremendous. Field was great. Tiger was on everybody's minds. And uh, we'll get into all of that with Colin in just a minute. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Also want to remind everybody to check out Baseball Tonight with Buster Only. Download and subscribe to Baseball Tonight with Buster Only, along with SV Pod wherever you get your podcast. And action. It's an off week for Colin Morikawa, and it would have been really easy to just say, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm laying low. But you were kind enough to say that you would join us uh, here on SV Pod. And uh, before we begin, I just want to say thanks, because I sincerely appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, SVP. I mean, it's 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 so fun to talk to you. And well, I've watched you growing up. I mean, doing the West Coast little night night shows with Stanford Steve right here. Um, that's all I had on my TV. You know, like, yes, I love golf. But, you know, at the bottom of my heart, like, all I do is watch sports. And that's what it is. Right on. Well, we're, we're, we I, I sincerely appreciate that. And we're happy to be a diversion for sports fans around uh, around the world or whatever. And uh, people are psyched to, to, to talk uh, – about what you're doing. Number four in the world, a win last week. And there's a long list of things about last week that are really interesting to me. I want to start with just this. You led and you won. Now, I have, I've been covering golf longer than you've been alive, which is really disgusting to say out loud. <laughs> but I've never been able to have it explained to me. Why is that so hard? Why is having a lead with 18 holes to play such a difficult thing to do. Four guys in this calendar year have led outright. Only four. There have been shared leads. You're the first one to, to, to dock the boat, so to speak, to win it. What, what makes it so hard? Well, because you have, you know, not necessarily the entire field, but you have at least 10 guys coming after you with 18 holes left. And everyone is coming for you. Everyone is going to go out there on Sunday and play their best golf. And really, you know, when you take the lead at night, everyone's talking about you. Everyone's talking about how you're going to sleep, how you're going to be in the morning, how you're going to play. Um, and that kind of eases off for the guys that haven't been in that position or haven't that aren't in the lead. Um, and, you know, to finally validate something like this to where I could sleep on the lead and actually close it out. Uh, it, it means so much and it means more than, than people know. And when the people that are, ch- are chasing it's I mean, like every week there's guys that can do it. But the field last week, you had such a cool combination of major champs. I might forget somebody, but you had Brooks, Rory, Little Louie, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed. You had a bunch of young guns like yourself, Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler. You got Billy Horschel, who you're tied with after a few holes. That guy's won the FedEx playoff, so he knows how to cash a check and get it done when it matters. Like You had such a great variety, and it's just a bar fight. But I get the sense, Colin, that you like that 
almost more than anything. Like, that's how you won at Harding Park. That was a melee out there. What is it about being in the mix with so many types of people and so many different types of players that I think brings out the absolute best in you? Yeah, I mean, I love it, and that's what I live for. You know, you want to play against the best, and I think that's what a bunch of people always talk about. You want to beat them at their best, beat them when they're playing well, um, because that shows, you know, what you've put into it. Right. But to kind of close it out, you know, I'm not thinking about what those guys have accomplished. All I'm thinking about is winning. I woke up trying to win. I woke up feeling great knowing that this is my tournament to win. Um, and I had to do everything out there I could to, to hold off every single player out there. But, you know, I had to get the job done myself. You know, if I had shot, what, even par, it would have been a four-way playoff. Um, so I still had to go out and really execute a lot of great shots. I love that golf course. Like, from a spectator standpoint, I don't know what you could ask for this more. It's aesthetically cool. Florida golf's not my favorite. It's always kind of the same. It's sand, it's golf, it's sand, it's palm trees. That course felt different. And you could make a ton of birdies, but there were giant numbers, man. Big numbers. Not doubles, triples, quads, worse. Like, lurking everywhere. Did you like playing it? I loved it. I mean, obviously, I... Yeah, I mean, you won. Yeah, no you won the tournament. Yeah. Like, like, like well, let me let me ask you a better question. What about it did you enjoy the most? Yeah, I mean, you talk about risk reward, and you look at I think you know before the final round, I don't know how many guys. I think there was like four or seven guys that had not made a double or worse, and that shows you how tough it is. And we had, like you said, we had forty-eight of the top fifty players in the world. The field was as strong as it gets for such a small field, right. um, but it shows how tough it was from TD green and even around the greens guys were chipping guys were duffing chips guys were chipping and it was coming back. Like yep. every shot required patience and execution and just so much focus that that's what it was fun for 72 holes is that, you know, you let up and that's what happened in my first round. I kind of just got a little, little easy with a couple tee shots and I lost a couple in the water and, and there you are, you know, trying to save for double bogey instead of, you know, maybe having an easy birdie chance. Right. Obviously, you win week before. Max Homa wins. I have to ask, in my lifetime, there hasn't been a lot of good stuff for Cal Athletics. Is this the two? <laughs> Here we weeks, go. The best two week span ever in Cal Athletics. Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's a great thing for you to say that out of, out of your mouth, Sam Perceive. Um, you know, is it the best two weeks? No. Is it the best two weeks for Cal Golf to have that happen? Um, yes, I, I think it's up there, you know. The team that Max was on during that 2012-2013 year where they, I think, won like 10 out of 12 stroke play events, um, that unrivals anything. But for professional golf and to represent Cal and, and, and Berkeley, um, yes, the, the two weeks we just had were amazing. Good, good, good. I'm glad Thank to hear I'm glad. I'm glad it came out of your mouth, not SVPs. And, and I could hear it. I could hear the love and joy. Um just talking about Cal. Well, I, I think about you guys will cross the bay. A lot of things you know, haven't gone well, but I, I, I appreciate the individual success that you and Max have got. It's, it's good. You got to rep your school, and, and I'm glad. I'm just not, I hope they're not taking off too many days of school over there. You talked <laughs> about how crazy um, that course was, all right? And I'm, I'm just trying to think of your mind. Like, I, you know, you got a nice smile. You're fending off everything. You know, you know how to play the game. But when you're going, you know, and, and we talk to coaches about here that always talk about remembering the losses, right? How do you go about the level of how mad you are at yourself from, say, missing that putt at Colonial to missing the cut at the Travelers? Like, how, like what, what, what made you more mad? 
Um, <clears throat> you know, I, yes, I was mad at the moment, but the next day to me, it was almost like a learning lesson. Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I learn from that? Because I'm, I never want to make those mistakes again. And, and yes, some, some mistakes you're going to make more than once. And it's going to take multiple times to really, you know, etch into you. But the putt at Colonial, you know, for example, I just got ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I've done such a good job from that moment on when I'm, when I'm on the golf course to not get ahead of myself, to not kind of think like, oh, you know, this is an easy par or, oh, this is an easy pull. And, and yes, I'm going to hit bad shots here or there. But when those things happen at Colonial, um, the, that, that has really stuck with me. That helped me through that workday charity open uh, playoff against JT. That helped me um, just close out a couple events, you know, here and there. So, you know, it's, it's all about learning. For me. How do I learn from these moments? And, and yes, I have so much fire in me uh-huh. about those moments, but you got to learn. So like, like basketball players will go out and shoot the, shoot a free throw, shoot a hundred free throws. If they miss one in the game, like, do you go back and, and get that puck <laughs> right there? Like I, there's gotta be a way you take it out. Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's really for me just to sit at home and just, get away from the golf course. Gotcha. You know, I, I know how to hit a three and a half foot putt. I, I, I we know how to stroke that putt. Like it's, it's yep. not that we don't know how to do it, but it was actually cool. I, I went back and watched the video and I actually made an adjustment on my putter based off what happened at colonial in that playoff right before workday happened um, last summer. And that's what kind of changed everything. So I, I think, you know, it's always going back, looking at coverage, you know, obviously football guys look at coverage so much um, mm-hmm. and just kind of find those little things. Is it is could you explain that in a way that 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 our listeners would understand? Like, is, is it a physical yeah. adjustment? Was it posture? Was it was like, what was it? Yeah, I mean, so if you look at the video and you look at how my putter sits on the ground, a lot of guys like to have their putter as flush to the ground, that entire bottom part of that sole right. on the ground. And I think if you look at that video, with, with the, they had a great camera angle. My toe was toe. pretty far up. Yep. Exactly. And some guys love that. And you look at Tiger, you know, Tiger over the years, he loves that toe up, loves it to release really well. Um, but I, I, I was never like that. And, and, you know, obviously I'm, I'm working on my putting and, and putting has been, you know, a complete 180, um, over the past couple of weeks, but that's what I changed. I flattened my putter. So I've made that toe go down. And from there I felt comfortable putting the ball. How the hell did you miss the cut at river highlands? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you hit a couple, <laughs> you hit one ball OB here or there. You, it happens. Uh, you have some bad shots. I'm trying to think. I try to tell. I try to tell JT this. The the par five that goes down along. There's like train tracks on the left. Yep. What is that? Is 13. that 13? Uh, yeah. 13. Or 12? It's 12 or 13. It's right after the short. 13. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a neighborhood up on the right. I hit it in the neighborhood there. So like, <laughs> like you know how bad? Like I, I I don't like when I miss. I miss hard left. I hit big giant hooks. I don't know what happened, but to this day, I'm still haunted by the fact I hit it in a neighborhood. That might have actually been 11. Whatever it I'm is, like, to, I'm gonna have to look at that. When you get I, to like I don't 11, even know there's a house up there. When you get to 11, 12, look over to the right and be like, Jesus Christ, Van Pelt hit a ball in that neighborhood, <laughs> and then that should snap you out of whatever fog you might be in. Um, it must have went far at least. It, yeah, it it was wrong, way way wrong. <laughs> um, you mentioned a tiger, and there's a lot to get to with, with him last week. The thing on Sunday where people, some dudes were wearing red shirts and like Max was actually talking about it on Twitter because people are giving him crap because it's <clears> like what people don't understand. And I'll let you explain this about like your gear and your outfit. 
It's not like you guys can run to the mall or the sporting goods <laughs> store and just pick out a red shirt. Help people understand that don't get it, how these po folks that pay you quite well to wear what you wear, how's that get done? Yeah, so we obviously we have corporate sponsors. A lot of us have corporate sponsors on our shirts. I've got Zurich on my left sleeve. So we have to get that embroidered and we got to get it sent. So Adidas, Adidas, which I'm with, they have to get that sent to get it embroidered. They got to send it back. Then they got to ship it from Carlsbad in San Diego all the way to Florida. Now that sounds like a nightmare overnight. They tried to get you one. Like I read what yes. it got stuck in Memphis. So everything has been stuck in Memphis. Even the tailor-made guys that sent clubs to, uh, for us to practice with in the beginning of the week were stuck in Memphis. Everything, you know, that happened with the storm a couple weeks ago, I think just made everything a mess. Um, but yes, I had the tracking number. I was checking it at night. I was checking in the morning. My caddy went to the distribution center to look at it. But, you know, for everyone listening, we can't, we can't just go to the store and buy a red Adidas shirt. You know, yes, our shirts look exactly the same as what they are out there, but we have slightly bigger Adidas logos that are embroidered in our chest, back, right sleeve. Our shirts are slightly longer. So, you know, my beautiful stomach isn't sticking out of my shirt every time I make a swing. Um, and yes, we have our sponsors. So, you know, yes, they tried to get it. It was sent, it was coming. Um, just, we had a little shipment issues. And, and, a, and a lot of guys, Max was like, look, I like Tiger more than you. Play, go back to Riviera and listen to me talking about him. You think that I don't love Tiger? I, and I know you spoke as well about what he represents to you. And just give me a sense last week after we heard that horrible news. And man, that, that's a jarring day. I've known him a long time. And at, at first you're like, oh, God, no, like this isn't Kobe all over again. And once we realized, thankfully, he's, we're not, we're not going to lose him. He's injured and that's tough. And it's going to be a long road back. We get it. But, but just out there on tour that's so closely knit and a guy who's represented. I mean, I don't, I'm not overstating this <clears> to say a hero to so many. What was last week like from hearing it, trying to figure out what's what, and then trying to, you know, try to honor him the best way you could by what you did and going out and closing out a win. No, oh my God, it was, it was super eerie. Like you said, like, you know, you were all on the course roughly all on practice rounds. And I had found out just a little bit before, you know, kind of everyone knew I I'm, I'm under the same agency. So I, I heard something was wrong and the, the immediate thought was, man, this is way too similar to what happened with Kobe. You know, Kobe yeah. was an idol growing up. Tiger's an idol of mine. Um, and what they've done for sports is amazing and, and outside of sports as well. So when you hear about something like that, your, your stomach just kind of gets into a knot and you just don't know what's going on. And, you know, once we finally heard that he was in surgery, surgery went okay. I think everyone could take a deep breath. Um, but exactly what I said, you know, in my interview right after, we, we celebrate so many people once we lose them and it sucks, you know, it sucks so much because they're so important in our lifetime when we're living, when they're living, right. that we don't give enough thanks. And, you know, just to say thank you, whether Tiger's done playing or not, we don't know, but just to say thank you for what he's done for the game of golf and, and to, for everyone um, we have to thank him while he's here. And I think, you know, I've been able to speak to him a few times now and just to see his happiness when he's talking about Charlie, his kid, about his golf swing and all that. It's so fun to see. And, and, you know, he's whatever, 40 something and I'm 24 and he's talking to me about his kid and his golf swing. Like that, is, that brings so much joy to me. And I can see the joy in him that it's just, you know, obviously it's a different type now. Right on. Uh, that's, that's well said. Mm -hmm. And, and just, to, to, to take 
the first question I asked you and Tiger and put them together, you know what his stats are when he's led a tournament? It's yeah. <laughs> okay. Here, okay. All right. <laughs> 47 times that man had a lead on his own on a Sunday. 47. He has won 45 of them. That's 96%. This year on tour, it's 25%. He has won 96% of the times he's led. 56 of 60 when he's had a share of the lead, which makes it even harder because more people are involved. 93%. Like, we were talking about this, me and Steve, last night. Like, the mentality of that. He totally ruin people's perception of what it is to do what you just did. And you know how hard it is. Like, help me make sense of 96% doing what you just did on Sunday. I can't. And to be in, to be just to be in contention that many times is amazing, but to joke. close it out is a different thing. And, that, and I think that just goes to, to his mental state. I'm like, he doesn't care at all who else is around him, you know, yeah. at all. And I, I think that's what, you know, some people look at Brooks Kepka, right? And, and they have different opinions about him, but you look at just his mental state ready to go out and win. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what's so cool about him is that he doesn't care who's around. Now that you BJT the way you did and you won a major and you joined Tiger, nice list, you and him, guys <laughs> under 25 to win a major and win a World Golf Championship event, that's got to be kind of cool. That's two dudes, me and Tiger. Now, <laughs> granted, it's only been 20-some-odd years. I don't care. That's a, that's a nice list. Like, do you tap into a totally different mentality now? Because you've done it. And it's not just that you did it. It's who you beat. JT's, what, third, third in the world? All the, you, all the swingers you beat at, at Harding Park and this field. Like, how does that change the, your approach and your mentality now when you're close and you've got a, a chance again? Well, I mean, it, I think it just proves to myself and, and I believe in myself just way, way even more that I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what happened at the PGA. You know, my, my standards went up. Expectations throw them out. I, to me, expectations are what other people put on me. But after the PGA, my standards went up and I thought I could just start playing amazing golf even when I wasn't feeling great. And you look at my past results at, at the fall of 2020, they're awful. You know, everything after the PGA, I, I'll be honest, it wasn't great and it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I think this win is going to make me just get ready. And I learned from what happened last time. What do you attribute that to? I mean, you wouldn't be the first guy that had a post-major, post-major hangover. And I don't mean you went out and got hammered. I mean that you just, you know, let things slip. I mean, it would be, you, you, you put a flag on top of a mountain. Like it's human nature, maybe. I don't know. What, what do you attribute it to? Well, no, like I said, I, I think my standards went up. I was still trying to work hard, but, but on those days that sometimes you grind, you grind out a one, two under, I just thought those one, two unders were going to happen just because I had won a tournament like that, you know? And that, but see, that's where Tiger won so many times, Colin, is it wasn't, look, when you, you know, the drill, when you got, when you go low, you go low, like guys on tour are going to go low, but when guys are going to shoot 76, do they have the ability to shoot 72? Can you, can you figure out a way to shoot 70? So Tiger was better than anybody that I saw in the time I've been out here of shooting yep. a, a decent, maybe even one under par round where he should have shot 75. And a 75, that knocks you out of contention. You know what I mean? Like, that's the mentality that I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever understand how he did that. Because that, when you're as good as him, like, I think it'd be really easy to just go, ah, I'm not, this isn't my week. But I don't think he ever accepted that. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely. And, th- and those are the best rounds to watch, but right. that's why he was so good. And that's why, that's why I'm, you know, I told myself after uh, at the start of 2021 that I, I cannot be the way I was in the fall. 
and and I think I've I've changed. I, I believe in myself. I, I my coach. We're all we're all working and we're staying accountable for for what happens. You know, after a big win like last week. How much do you uh, the U.S. golfers get together and talk about <laughs> how bad the Ryder Cup has gone? <laughs> like we uh, gotta change this, and it's on you I, guys. Not not any pressure at all, right? I know, and you know that is such a team I want to make and be on because yes. Playing under your country, under the flag, um, it means so much more than anything you can even talk about. And, right. uh, yeah, if I make that team, I will do everything I can to make sure we turn the tide uh, starting this 2021. But, I mean, you, 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 I mean, you got a lot of young guys, right? And, I mean, I, I mean, that's been the whole thing is how experienced they go, those guys are. Like, so you guys have talked about it, like, as a goal moving forward? I have, I don't think the guys talk about it too much because we're all okay. trying to beat each other every week, but it's all about chemistry. So you, mm -hmm. that when it comes down to teams, I mean, you guys see it every week. It, it's chemistry. How, how do, how does 12 guys on a team just fit together? And it doesn't have to be every 12, but at least have a few guys that just all work together because then you can put them together. I'm curious about like Steve started with this, you know, with the Stanford Calibit, which just, just, you know, you knew that was coming. It had to, but Stanford through the years has been a great golf program. Cal obviously is as well. You come out around the same time, like Wolf and Hovland come out, Oklahoma state guys. I'm JT's very proud of his Alabama thing. And I mean, I could keep going down the list. I guess what I'm getting at is like in pro sports that are team sports, you know, locker room conversations about your squad. I mean, that's a thing. How much in golf is that a, a, a thing? Like, you know, where, you know, the pride that you and Max would rightly have is, as Cal Bears versus the Oklahoma State program. It's got such a long list. Like, is that, is that, is that something you guys have fun with? Or is that just, is that maybe not because it's a different kind of a vibe? Yeah, it's not as big, but yeah. it definitely runs. And, and, you know, Cal's not, you know, the, the football powerhouse. So I can't be rocking a, a Cal football jersey, a Marshawn Lynch jersey, you know, on the golf course and on Phoenix on 16. Um, but, <laughs> You know, it, it's still there's there's a lot of pride. So guys that, that love their school represent it. Um, it still means a lot. And it means a lot to me. Actually, you could if you rock the money list yeah, shirt I, on I 16 could. and like I that could. would really be a, that'd be a flex because all those Arizona State people running their mouths. You came out there and a, and a Marshawn <laughs> list. I think that would be a power play. I think I might that, I might have to do that. And actually, yeah, I, when I said it, I, I actually regretted it right after I said that's it. That's right. So you you just took it back. Happen. You you just took it back. Yes. That's, that's fine. There we go. Colin, while we're on that, I, I want to get – because I talk to guys my age all the time about the Pac-12 and everything. But, like, you young guys, like, obviously, you've been there a lot more recently, and the conference hasn't had a good run on the national landscape. Like, we're going to need a new commissioner now. Like, you as a – you know, you guys, what do you, what do you <laughs> think this conference needs to get back on the national landscape in basketball, football, things like that? Well, we need to start – we need to stop beating up on each other. We, we do it every single year. And, you know, ever since I grew up, you know, I grew up watching USC. I was a Trojan fan. My mom went there and it was just always, you know, we were always beating each other up. And I, I think we just need to just establish ourselves. And look, the West Coast, I love the West Coast. I, I will live and breathe the West Coast for the rest of my life. And that's why I love the Pac-12. That's why I, I wanted to be in it. Um, and I think that's what people need to see is that you know, yes, there's these other power five schools that you can go to and, and they're, they're turning out, you know, professional athletes here and there, but there's so much more to that. And, mm. and I, I think that's what people need to realize. Do you think it comes from leadership or just the ability to recruit, to get players out there? Like, you know how nice the campuses yeah. are. I mean, I'm yeah, going up well, against everybody. 
talked about recruiting and you talked about what the NCAA is going to be doing with, you know, the name likeness yeah. and all that stuff. Oh my God. Um, I, I don't know what road this is going to go down, but I, I think that's going to play a huge factor now. You know, how do you recruit guys? It's, it's a skill. I think it's a huge skill on the coaches. And I think some coaches have figured out how do you bring one guy that might have another four-star athlete, five-star yeah. athlete to be like, yeah, this is what they're going to do. And, and I think that's what like, uh, Jalen Brown did mm -hmm. right at basketball with um, what's his name? Uh, I'm blanking on his name, but he brought one of his friends. Um, I think he was I. I'm blanking. My bad. Oh, Rab. Um, yeah, Ivan Rab. Ivan Rab. Right? Yeah. And they were great buddies growing up, and they decided to go together. Like that's that's like the recruiting tool that's just untalked about that you can mm -hmm. just bring people together. It is bananas to me, though, because like, at, like I'm an East Coast guy. So is Steve. But Steve, you know, his backstory, like, you know, he could have gone anywhere and like he got a chance to go to Stanford, went out to the farm. You're like, how are you, how are you not going to go there? And I, like I get the rivalry, but whether it's Berkeley or Palo Alto or the Arizona schools, I mean, I could keep going. There's remarkable assets and great universities as well. Things are I mean, sports are cyclical. They did need a leadership change. I think I don't think there's any secret there, but I can't fathom that like you're a USC Trojan fan. I just can't imagine that they can't get back to being something like they were. Clemson's had a hell of a run in the last few years. Alabama's sort of always been there. They, they dropped for a bit. But, like, the idea that USC football can't be what it, what it was in its Reggie Bush days, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to think that it wouldn't. And, and in that vein, I know you're a Laker guy. You mentioned you're a USC guy, like you, I, and you're a sports fan. Like, who's the team – that you that you, makes you insane that makes you as angry as you get on a golf course or as passionate as you get on a golf course who's that one team that like your attention and your your love is the deepest for uh it's got to be the lakers i mean I, I love the dodgers they're they're very very close t t one and a half right there been a nice um, little run for you in the last little bit here but huh? yeah i mean you talk about 2020 i mean the, you know it, a lot to be proud of in, in la i'll tell you that uh-huh <laughs> I guess so. I mean, but like, it's, <laughs> you it's, guess so. well, <laughs> I mean, the Dodgers won, won the Lakers won, I, but you know what, exactly. I, you know what I, but <laughs> I'm bummed. like, but it also, I mean, I'm not trying to be the negative guy here. It's just like, I think it would have been so awesome to see you hit that shot on 16 with people there. I think it would have been so awesome to see the Dodgers win in Dodger stadium, to see the Lakers win in Staples, or if not that, to see the celebrations in that city, you know, afterwards, it's just, it's been so difficult, and, and with that thought in mind and with Augusta around the corner, there won't be tens of thousands of patrons, but just the idea of getting there and having people and getting back, even last week, just to have a few people, like on your when you're announced yes. on the first tee, just to hear a smattering of applause, it sounds so much better than silence, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, it was so exciting last week to see. I, I think it was roughly almost 1,000 people. I think it was in the high hundreds. Um, but just to see a group of people around there and clap when you hit a decent shot right. or wonder why they didn't clap when you thought you hit a great shot. Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> um, it's just, it brings so much energy. And I think that's why it was so much, you know, it, I just enjoyed it that much more, um, especially coming down that last kind of nine, 10 holes. Yeah. And with that, with, with Augusta in mind around the corner, like you, we were there in November and it was so odd. Uh, it was so great to be there. But the, the, the people, the patrons, they're the soul of that place. And absent that, it, it, it felt great to be there, sure, because it represented like a finish line, like we got here.
But I just wonder what your thought is about that and the spring and sort of big, big picture goals for, for this season now that really catapults off this big win last week at the World Golf Championship event. Yeah, I mean, that, well, in November, that was my first time at, at Augusta. That's so what I thought. It was obviously very different than what a lot of players witnessed for their first time going there because, you know, normally you're surrounded by fans three feet away from you. You know what's so weird? Yeah. It's like the, the visuals, like, I, and it's hard to explain. I'm sure guys told you, like, just what it, like, looking up on 18, like, that green's tiny, and it's surrounded by right. 10,000 people. So without them, I just, your sight lines just, it, it, that had to be strange, right? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, it was normal. Like, I, I, like I, I said, I, like, I, yeah, I get it. yes, I I've get seen it. it on TV, but for so many guys, yes, it was so different because there, was, there weren't fans to line the holes. There weren't fans to line kind of the greens. Yeah. Um, and sometimes in our perspective, it almost helps when there's fans there because you can actually focus in and realize this is kind of that little gap I need to hit it into. Mm-hmm. Um, and Augusta is such a large property with, with how everything is placed and, and put together uh-huh. um, that sometimes it's just, you know, you get a little lazy looking around and you kind of focus on some trees over there and you end up right behind one. Right. Um, oh. But yeah. <laughs> Hold on one second. Charlie boy. My three-year-old. What's wrong, buddy? Come here. My, my little guy's his iPad's not working. Oh, okay, give me a twenty-second timeout. <laughs> twenty-second timeout for Charlie. All right, so Charlie got Paw Patrol back on the uh, on the uh, iPad, which is good. Very um, important. In the interim, I think Colin, Steve, and I made made loose plans to get together in Vegas for maybe some gaming, maybe a steak, maybe a meal. Did, did, is that what we did? Sounds good. Pretty pretty much. I mean, they're yeah, they're loose plans, but I, I think it's going to happen. I listen, I it's been way too long since I've been to Las Vegas. Stanford Steve's become like you're an industry star. I don't know. My guy on daily wagers hit like 10 straight picks. When's the next time you're going to be on daily wager to give a pick, by the way? Because Colin's there. Huh? Wednesday. How hard are you grinding? Are you grinding as hard as he was grinding over that three and a half footer at Colonial? (laughs) I've I've looked to see what conference uh, tournaments are going to be on Wednesday. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I do. I do want to ask Colin what. Like your two wins, what would you buy? Did you buy something to remember those? Three wins, Steve. Three. Well, the major in this one, the last two. Haven't bought a single thing. No. No. Not one. There's, there, I have, yeah, there's not anything I want yet. Um, if I, there's a number of wins this year, if I get okay. to, that I will buy myself something. I'm not going to tell you the amount of wins and I'm not going to tell you what. <laughs> oh, but if come we get on. there, you can't I'll let do you know. that. You can't, you have to give us at least an ink, no inkling. Is it a it's car? It's got four wheels. It's got four wheels. That's all okay. I'm going to say. So there's a specific automobile if a certain number of wins is achieved. Is there any private jets that have four wheels? <laughs> oh, <this. laughs> wow. Never, we are, we are, we are never buy there. the we jet. Close. No. Never, never buy the jet. Buy the time on the jet. You understand how to arrive correctly with private aviation. But, uh, I, this is one last thing. Another th- thing I never know. I've never asked someone. I've never asked this question. You win the event last week. You win a ton of money. Like, what is it? Tour just a direct deposit? Like, how's that work? You get the big fake check, but like, what happens? When Wednesday morning, you look at you look at your bank account. So this Wednesday. Wednesday. So tomorrow. So so <laughs> Wednesday morning. Like, give me, like, there's a story a hundred years ago about Drew Bledsoe when he was a Patriots quarterback, got all this money and like him and his brother would just look, they would just go to the ATM just to look at the, look at the numbers. I mean, 24, you've won, but still like, it's gotta be kind of fun to wake up and go, Oh, what do we, Oh, look what we've got in the old account today. 
You know, it's, it is very nice. Um, but, you know, with, with me going to my business school at Haas, um, knowing how to spend wisely and, and make sure this, this lasts a while. Um, yes, it, it is very nice. But, um, shoot, I want to go make more. Let's Hell keep yeah. making more. Good for you. But how many wins and what are you buying? <laughs> yeah. Well, All I'll right. let you know. Uh, we can have a recap in, in 2021 and 2021 in Vegas. We'll, we'll all sit down and, you know, We'll have okay. a little channel on what happened. All right. So loose plans are it's end of the year. We're going to reconvene. We'll see if the goals have been realized. We'll see if you arrive picking us up in some kind of fancy four wheels of something. <laughs> and we'll figure out if you won enough events. So here, if, if we mean enough to you, and you said you've been watching this forever, if we mean enough to you, then you will win those <laughs> events, not for you, but for no, us that, so that we can have dinner. Not. Huh? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So I, yes. We'll, we'll make those loose plans, actual plans. Right. On. Um, but I, I obviously have to come through on my deal. Uh, yeah, of winning. So, so as, as Chris Berman once said famously, don't f it up. Okay. There you go. Easy as that. Easy All right. As that. Number four player in the world, Colin Morikawa, fresh off a win, laying low this week. Could have done anything. Could have said no, said yes. We're grateful. Mm -hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, I'll see you at the Oak Tree in Augusta in April. All right. Love you guys. Thank you. 24 years old, got a ton of cash, hadn't bought anything. That's amazing to me because 24-year-old Van Pelt living in Vegas oh. would have been a real oh. problem. Oh, are you kidding me? A real problem. I mean, wow. you know, you know the you know the kind of discipline and poise you've got to have at that to just to be like, no, no, I'm good. No, I don't. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. <laughs> it was rhetorical, Steve. I knew the answer for me and for you. We don't know because we would be down. Firing. 24 was dark, dark yeah. times. 24, Real yeah. dark. How about if you had seven figures? Probably eight. You had eight oh. figures in your account. Let's go play pie gal poker. How do you play? <laughs> I don't know. Let's play cocktails. <laughs> Garcon. Round them up. <laughs> oh, man. But. Uh, We've talked to him a couple of times. Oh. Uh, just such a so buttoned up, so put together. Like you talk about the future of the sport. Well, it's it's the present, mm -hmm. but that's what you want. You, you no want the, you want the sport in the hands of somebody who's got maturity. Andy North, you know how much respect I have for Andy. Mm -hmm. To me, Andy is the consummate prof golf professional. Treats everybody with with great kindness carries himself with a certain sort of in a certain way when you've won a couple of us opens just you know i did it more than once you no did no big deal <laughs> but there's a, there's a grace there's an elegance in in how a guy like andy north carries himself and and he told me in all my time being out here and he's a geezer okay god love him the geezer he's like in all my time being out here colin morikawa is the is the most buttoned up most impressive professional that I've ever seen come out on tour, like arrived on tour with just totally gets it as a cliche, but it's clear in talking to a guy like that. He just, he sees, he sees the playing field and understands how to do it. And uh, an easy guy to pull for. And he's also really can go. Like oh, he, can, he, can yeah. really, he can really go. You, what, you beat Justin Thomas in a playoff at Mirrorfield. You beat that field at Harding Park to win a major. And you win that event last week, which has got, as we discussed, big-time big time major champs, ton of young talent. 
and uh, you know, a bunch of tour, like a guy like a Billy Horschel that's won a playoff. Like, you know, it was, it was, it was a bar fight and he came out, he came out on top and closed out that win again, one of four outright leaders on tour have won this year. Tiger won 96% when he had a lead. That's stupidity. Yeah. And going back to the maturity thing and him being uh-huh. ready, Scott, like we talked about it, 24 was dark time. He's got how much money after four years of college and I didn't have a job. I think it's that Cal education is the difference. Wow. There's Rockhold. Rockhold off the top yeah. rope. Huh? How about that? A little different across the other, other side of the bay. A little more fiscal responsibility. Maybe. Or maybe it's, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe I, I didn't have – when I went to the golf channel, I was 28, and I kind of didn't have a job either. You know? I didn't have enough money to rent the, the, the rider truck that I drove down to uh, Orlando in. I had By so yourself? Much- yeah, when I packed up to leave, I didn't have enough money to cover the rental truck. My guy Sheehan paid for the rental truck for me. That's Nobody wanted to take the ride with you, huh? People just wanted me to leave. <laughs> it's, t- it's time to go, Scott. It's time to, time to go reinvent yourself. Uh, hey, it, somehow, somehow or another, it... Uh, and guess back. what? You're back. Hey, yeah, <laughs> now we're back. And you went from being overmodulated, Steve, to please speak into the mic, Steve. Rockhold, how do how do we let that happen? His mic is just it changes on how about itself. A new one, producer. How about something? I text yeah. you during the interview. Hey, get closer to your mic. Well, you oh, have I your don't phone. have my phone near me. I then when we took the, t- the, the time out for Charlie, you started talking and it sounded fine. Then I don't get your mic. We seem we'll to get, get a new one. Get a new do, one. Uh, do we have production for this for our new our new segment? Because it's the new, it's our new segment that we started last week called "Here's What I Hate" or what's it called? This is what I hate right now. The thing I hate. What is it? This is what I hate. No, something else. Here's what I hate. I hate this. <laughs> Here's our new segment about whatever it is we hate. I gotta find my guy. My guy sent me. Uh, somebody on Twitter sent me some production for it. Thatchera, David Thackera. Yeah, Thack Thack, at Thack Thack. We're not using it, but you should use him because he does voiceover work. There you go. There's a pop. Get at him. Get him some voiceover work. Steve and I have lengthy lists. Talking about this guy or this thing or this whatever. Once a week. One thing a week. Here's what I hate. What I Hate is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Download the DraftKings app today and use code SVP to get in on all the action. All right, Steve, what's the thing that you hate this week? All right, ready? This is short and sweet. Scott, this week, I hate watching Michigan basketball games and every single basketball game they have to mention that Phil Martelli's an assistant coach on their team. Jawan Howard is the head coach. No other assistant coach in college basketball gets talked about more than Phil Martelli. Talk about Jawan Howard. He's the head coach. He's what who should be getting the credit for this success of this program. I'm tired of watching broadcasts and seeing Phil Martelli mentioned like he's the head coach. He's not. And this is nothing against Phil Martelli. But kind come of up with a, something new for a broadcast. It's kind of a little bit against Phil Martelli. Nah, said, it's not against Phil Martelli. All of all the Philadelphia folks are like, why you talk? It's really, really bad how you're talking about Martelli. Why are you why are you being such an ass? Huh? Talking about Martelli like that. A little bit. Now, oh. now to be fair to Martelli, 
he did coach a team that was undefeated in a one seat. So, I mean, you know, they're just, I think they're just acknowledging that it's rare. It's rare to have an assistant on your bench that has that kind of head coaching experience, Steve. Just one game without it. Just, you, just one game. You hear it? Last week, it was the Fox music. This week, it's every college broadcast. Don't show Martelli. Plenty of people agree with me about the one from last week, too, just so you know. And by the way, ESPN, it's tonight. We're talking on Tuesday. Tonight, it'll be Illinois and Michigan on ESPN and guarantee they're going to show Martelli. So, you know, you're a big, you're a big production wonk. You can get to somebody and let them know. Um, Steve. What do you hate, buddy? Let me tell you what I hate. <laughs> um, the thing that I hate right now is that I can't find the thing from last week because I want to get this right. Here's what I hate. That's the name of the segment. Here's, here's what I hate. I hate technology, Steve. <laughs> I don't, not all technology, not the technology that makes life easier and that makes life better. I hate, I hate a specific technology. And the specific technology that I hate is that camera on K Street that takes pictures of you when you drive home. All right. Now, we've covered this repeatedly. Mm -hmm. When I first got here and I had a new car and I said, what's that thing in your car that goes beep, beep? Well, what that is, is it's your camera telling you, hey, buddy, there's a, there's a camera up here that's going to that's gonna <laughs> keep tabs on your speed. So why don't we observe the posted statutes? Well, let's just say that that camera on K Street one night as I was driving home and I was listening to some music. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Could have been, could have been Beastie Boys. Could have so been a couple pilots. I don't think it was, I don't think it was Interstate Love Song, although you could get moving on that one. Yeah. Might have been during a Fleetwood Mac phase. I don't know. Wasn't Steely Dan. By the way, Steve hates Steely Dan. That's also on his list of things he hates. Not a fan. All right. I'm getting, I'm going to get to the thing I hate. Yeah. I'm just stalling because my wife's here and I didn't want her to be here when I talked about this. <laughs> it's too late. Honey, I'll tell you what happened in a minute. All right, so I'm on K Street and I'm driving home and it's late and I'm listening to some music and I forget that I'm driving through that place where there's the camera on K Street and all of a sudden that godforsaken flash goes off in my car and the flash goes off because I'm in a tunnel and I realize I'm caught and at the top of my lungs I scream, because I know, and I look at my speedometer, and I'm going 52. And What's it's the speed limit? 25, Steve. Yep. We're double, <laughs> plus two. I'm just waiting for the mail, and the mail shows up, and guess what I see? I see a ticket for $400. I thought, wait, is this if I don't pay it in a month it goes to? No, 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 no. We're starting at $400. Now, here's what I have to say about that. If you have a cop with a radar thing and I see the siren, you pull me over, then that's square business. You got me. But this- well, Let's talk. This is like that, this is the enemy of the state Will Smith stuff where we got cameras and satellites and all this crap and they're following me and they know that maybe I get a little loose driving home. Through the years I've explained to you, I sped quite a bit on 84. Yep. There wasn't a single human on 84 driving home. And guess what? There's nobody on the road driving home in D.C. either. Thank God they don't have cameras in the Clara Barton Parkway. 
Oh. They got a camera on K Street, and I was going 52, and it's 25, and the ticket is for $400, starting at 400. And I'm like, that's garbage. If you catch me and you pull me over, again, square business, fair dealing. Fair dinkum. That's what they say in Australia, I think. I might have just cussed. I don't know. Somebody in Australia tell me. Fair dinkum. But this is crap. Like, okay. You're saying it's not fair. Maybe somebody would say, hey, Scott, how about you How about you slow it down a bit? That's I, I tell you the time, go the other way home. There's That's, no speed cameras. Yeah, there's too many lights, man. <laughs> so uh, in review, um, technology. I hate technology. At 1.30 in the morning stopped you. <laughs> That's a good point. But uh, And then when I went to pay it, it's like, do you want to pay this or do you want to pay all of the tickets? And I'm like, I didn't even know there was other ones. And of course there was. And so we sent the DC government 500 more dollars. What's the run in tab? What are we up to? It's thousands of dollars. I haven't even lived here a year. And it's all one camera on K Street. And it's bull. <laughs> if somebody pulls me over, then, then see, maybe I charm them a little bit. I romance them like I did with the cops that pulled me over Connecticut. Yeah. Maybe like, a selfie oh, you, or like, sign ah, something. Yeah, you want me to sign? <laughs> yeah, I'm Trey Wingo, Kenny Maines. Great to meet you. Here, let me let me sign something for you. Yeah, I'm just leaving work. But that's not how it works here in D.C. Nope. I just got a camera, and they catch me, and it was 52, and it was it was really bad. And boy, let me tell you, that was that was a rough one to open up. 400 bucks, starting at 400. No negotiation. No, you can't even quibble with them. That's got to come out the account that just has your name on it, too. That's not coming out of the joint That's, one. That needs to be the slush fund account. <laughs> the, one that, the one we set up with some bootleg bank locally. We don't, we don't tell Whitey about that one. No. What's, what's, how, what is this withdrawal? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it says D.C. government. Like, now the donation. Donation. Yeah, yeah it's, t- it's a tax. It's a, it's a, it's a taxation without representation. Out. It's a tariff. There's an Kids. office tariff. There's a, there's tolls. <laughs> oh man. She's standing right across me right now. You know what's that camera's not moving either. It, it's not. And I just, I don't like going home the M street way. I like going home the K street way. Well, well you keep you, saying that to yourself. Listen, if here's what the, here's the thing. If they, if they ever put like speed cameras on Claire Barton. Oh God. Then I'm just going to get, I'm just going to go the greenie route. And I'm going to say someone needs to drive me. The greenie's got a driver. Someone get me a driver. I need that in my next deal. I need the greenie driver because, or I'll just. You can can hire me. All right, you move up or just come drive for me. I just need it. I need someone that can drive me because literally the the, the Uber fees, I can can hire a full-time driver. It would be cheaper. Speaking of the Claire Barton, can we get some public works and clean off the trees that are on it? I. I, I got to tell you, down here, like I thought, you know, kind of high end. Use guys? Scott's fines to kinda, pay to yeah. fix that. Kind of high. Yeah, we should, I think I should be funding enough tree and dead Seriously. deer cleanup. And yeah, I mean, we moved down here. I expected some. I expected that to be sort of tidy and neat. It's just they leave no. stuff laying in the road down here for weeks. <laughs> What's that? Oh, that's a that's a deer that got hit a month ago in, a, in an oak tree. We just drive around it on the median. Yeah, that's true. Okay. All well, right. uh, I feel like 
feel like that's all I got this week for SV Pod. Uh, our thanks to Colin Morikawa. No thanks to the D.C. government and your K Street camera. Um, I need a driver. Last week we needed a voiceover person. Now I need someone that can can drive me to and fro. Oh. Well, you got one more thing? Yeah. What? Colgate hasn't played since last podcast. Yeah, what are they at now? Nine. They're nine. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine creating a metric that you, you want people to take seriously and ranking Colgate nine. No, no, it's great. We have these new you know what, though? It'll be, analytics. It'll be, it'll be good, though. Like a toothbrush will fit right on the line of the bracket. Put them, on the two, put them on the three line. Go ahead. I don't care. Put them on the three line. Maryland's in. So whatever you want to do with Colgate's fine by me. They're the ninth best team. Super duper. That's that's the dumbest in the history of metrics and analytics. That is the single dumbest thing that has ever happened. There's nothing dumber than that. Just math. Nothing. It's math. It's not math. <laughs> it's not. It's nobody played out of conference, and it's they gamed the system, like the K Street camera, and the, the net. Those are the two things I hate. Steve hates round ball rock being used on Fox College broadcasts. Yes, and and he also hates Phil Martelli. No, I do not hate Phil you Martelli. I do you not. said it. Go back and check the tape. I did Stop not. Stop your Martelli it. hate. All no. right. Go Michigan. That's the end of SV Pod for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.